Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I want to uh, read uh, from Isaiah chapter 60. And we're going to look at uh, verse 1 through 5. I do believe this is what the Spirit is saying to the church at this time. And I also believe that we are blessed beyond measure and privileged to be alive for such a time as this. Because these, I believe, are the days of restoration, days of revival, these are days of awakenings. And these are days, I believe, that the glory of God, as Isaiah spoke, or the, or the, the cherubims around the throne, I was always amazed by the utterance when they cried, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then they said something like I couldn't understand in the beginning. The earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. But yet when you look at with physical eyes, you see everything else except the glory of the Lord. But the glory is not something that you can see with your physical eyes or you can enter into with your physical senses. In fact, the natural man opposes the glory of God. And if there is one thing that hinders us from moving and moving further and deeper into the glorious presence of God is the natural man. Because the word of God says that the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. There is an opposing force. And that opposing force is not necessarily coming from the outside, but comes from our natural man or the flesh, the, the, the old man. That's why the, Paul said the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. And so Isaiah chapter 60, beginning with verse 1, there are, there are two words here that are very, very important for the time that we are living in. The first one is arise, and the second one is shine. The first is arise, that's the condition. If you want to shine, then you need to arise. Arise from what? Arise from spiritual slumber. Arise from a life of compromise. Arise from a life of being indifferent and without passion towards the things of God. God wants us to be on fire for him because he only rewards those who diligently seek him. Not everyone. And so he says, if you arise from the spiritual slumber, from compromise, then you will shine. Because he says, for your light has come. Notice the terms or the phrases that the scripture uses. Your light is not going to come. The light of God's glory has already come and it is here now, today. 
Since the day of Pentecost, we've entered into a new era, a new day. When the Holy Spirit came upon those 120 disciples and baptized them with the Holy Spirit, I believe that was the birth of the church. And the glory has come since then, and he has not left. He's here. It's, it's, it's not in the natural realm. It's in the spiritual realm. And he says, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. He's speaking to those who have made preparation to rise from spiritual slumber. So there is a work to be done. It's not all God. God spoke to me the other day through the Spirit as I was praying, and he said, son, work with me. I'm doing a new thing, and I'm doing a new thing in your heart, in your life. I'm doing a new thing in your fellowship. I'm doing a, a new thing in the entire body of Christ. But he says, you need to work with me. You need to discern which way my spirit is going and flow along with him. Understand what the spirit is saying. Promptly obey the instructions of the spirit so that you can enter into that awakening, into that reviving of the spirit. You know, Stephen finished last week a study on First Timothy. You know, even though I know, I know the scriptures, I've read the book of Timothy many, many times, but I have followed and participated in every single study that he did. But you know what? One thing that I got, it revolutionized my entire outlook and my heart since the end of August. Do you know what was the scripture that revolutionized my prayer life? It was the words that Paul wrote to his spiritual son, Timothy, saying, I remind you to fan the flame of God's gift within you. I remind you to stir up, the Greek word is anasopirose, meaning fan the flame of God's gift within you, which you have received from me when I laid hands on you. What gift is he talking about? He's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says to him, you've got to fan the flame. You've neglected that gift. And as a result, you are struggling with the spirit of fear. That's why the next sentence says to him, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Why? Because Timothy was insecure. He was afraid of certain things. We don't know what he was afraid or what type of fear he was dealing with. And we have believers today dealing with all sorts of things, habitual sins, attitudes that need to be corrected, and they are unable to overcome and deal with it. And the very reason is because they are not fanning the flame of God's gift within them. Are you listening to me? That gift, the gift or the person of the Holy Spirit has been given to us to put us over in life. He has come to lead and guide us into all truth. He is here to show us things to come so that when we see what's coming next, you are able to prepare for what is around the corner. 
And so when we neglect and we do not stir the gift of God within us, we live lives that are not honoring the Lord. We live lives that are defeated. We live lives that are compromising and not honoring the Lord. And out of the whole study that, that Stephen had done, that, that scripture or that verse has spoken volumes to me. I didn't tell him. I'm just sharing it now so he can hear. And so here, the word of the Lord says, the glory of the Lord is risen upon those who have made adequate preparation in preparing themselves to enter the glory. Remember John the Baptist, what he preached? Jesus, what he preached? He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And the only way to enter into the kingdom is through the avenue of repentance. You know, many believers think today that they have no need of repentance. But repentance is a way of life. Repentance is a continual changing of our minds and changing of the way we see things, we understand things, we perceive things. It's all about change. In fact, I've read something that really spoke volumes to me when it comes to the biblical definition of repentance. Here it is. The biblical definition of repentance is the act of leaving what God has prohibited and returning to what God has commanded. You may want to write that down and chew on it for a while. Repentance is the act of leaving what God has prohibited. That includes compromise. That includes worldliness. That includes <coughs> habitual sin. And returning to what God has commanded. Another definition is repentance is a change in the way I think that leads to change in the way I live. It is a change of mind that leads to a change of thinking, that leads to a change of attitude, that leads to a change of feeling, that leads to a change of values, that leads to a change in the way I live. That's a mouthful. And that is the gateway into the glory of God. Peter said in his sermon, when they've asked him, what must we do to be saved? Yes, we are already saved. But in the process of time, we have allowed things to cool. Our heart is no longer on fire for God. And as the Spirit of the Lord through uh, uh, through, through John, the revelator, wrote to the church in Ephesus. He says, I know your works, I know your good deeds, but I have this against you. And what was the one thing that Jesus had against the Ephesus church? He says, you have left your first love. Return, repent. Five out of seven churches that were born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, were commanded by the Lord Jesus to do what? <coughs> to repent. Repent. So here is what John Bevere says. God is not looking for repentance of sins only, but for a change of mind and heart 
toward the thought processes that tolerate sin and compromise as a way of life. Wise words, powerful words, when we put them to practice. I'm going to, I'm going to read that again. This is a quote from, from John Bevere's book, A Voice Crying in the Wilderness. A tremendous book to read because that contains a prophetic message for the church today. He says, God is not looking for repentance of sins only, but for a change of mind and a change of heart toward the thought processes that tolerate sin and compromise. In other words, you tolerate things you know they're not right. Maybe not sin, but prevent you from experiencing the fullness of the glory of God. It could be a weight. That's why Hebrews says, laying aside all weight, the weights that, that pull us down, and the sin that so easily causes us to trip and run the race with perseverance, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So it's those things that prevent us from entering into the fullness of the glory of God. You see, the supernatural realm is just a step away from the natural realm. But in order to experience the supernatural power of God, you're going to have to get out of your natural mind. Because the natural mind opposes the things of the Spirit. Just like Peter had to get out of the boat and take a step of faith onto the water because he heard the Lord say, it is me, come. He had to get out of his natural thinking. Because natural thinking said to him, you cannot walk on the water. It's impossible. It's never been done before. And if he hadn't come out of his mind, he wouldn't have been able to take that step of faith. Are you listening to me? So the, the, the supernatural uh, realm, the realm where God manifests his presence with with signs, with wonders, with miracles, with conversions, is just a step away from the natural realm. But the thing that prevents us is the natural way of thinking. That's why repentance deals with the natural man. The natural way of thinking, the natural values, the worldly standards. You have to get out of that in order to take that step into the glory. Like he did when Jesus said to him, throw your nets on the right side. The natural mind said to him, we've been fishing all night. And we haven't caught anything. And if we haven't caught anything at night, surely we're not going to catch anything in the day. You see, his experience of fishermen of many years spoke up. And so often our experiences of the past, the natural thinking, the worldly thinking, will oppose the word of the Lord from obeying what Jesus said do. And so he had to get out of his natural mind. And he said, nevertheless, because you, at your word, I will let down the net. And he saw the miracle. But what did he had to? Deny his own experience, his own natural understanding. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. It opposes it. So the more of the natural man we feed, the less we're going to experience the glory of God. 
or the revival that God is bringing to the church now. So the secret is to step away from everything that feeds the natural man and strengthens the natural man. Step away from all of that and step into those things that feed the inward man, the spiritual man. Prayer, the word of God, fasting, fellowship with the believers. Those are the things that feed and strengthen our inner man with strength. Are you listening to me? We've got to step away from everything that has an appearance of evil. Never mind evil. So that we can experience what God is doing right now in his house. He's on the move. He's on the move with great power. And he's asking you and I and the church Make preparation. Work with me. Prepare so that you can enter into the glory. So that you can see and experience the manifest presence of God. There are greater realms and dimensions of the spirit that we have not yet reached into. Do you believe that? The Bible says the things which... Your eye cannot see, your ear cannot hear, the heart cannot understand, the heart of man. Those are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And I know you love him. I love the Lord. And in the realm of the glory, God has prepared wonderful things for us to step into. But what opposes us is the natural man, the natural way of thinking, the natural way of doing things. And then in verse 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, God has revealed those things which our physical senses cannot perceive. God has revealed them to us by his spirit. You see how important it is for your spirit man to be wide awake? If if he's not wide awake, you're not going to receive the revelation of the spirit. Every Progress or every inch of growth and spiritual maturity comes via revelation knowledge. Jesus said, upon this rock, what rock is he referring to? The revelation that Jesus is the Christ. So the rock that Jesus is building his church on is the rock of revelation knowledge. So every inch of growth, every step forward that we take in the Lord comes via revelation knowledge. And knowledge builds faith. When God reveals his will to you, faith is there already. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to strive to do the things that God reveals to you because with the revelation comes the measure of faith that you need to step into it. God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches. Listen to that word, searches. When you pray in other tongues and when you're praying in the spirit, what do you think you're doing? You are searching the heart and the will of God. And as you search, you find and you are praying directly to God, the very will of God for your life and for the life of the saints. Are you listening? Hear what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. 
For who knows what is in men except the spirit of a man? Even so, no one knows what is in the heart of God except the spirit of God. But we have not received the spirit from the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know. And that word know is a bignosis, which means revelation knowledge. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And then he says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. So as you can see, the awakening of your spiritual person is vitally important to be able to receive the revelation that contains the very things that God has already prepared for you and I. It's already in your account. In your spiritual bank account has been deposited everything that you will ever need to fulfill and accomplish your purpose on the earth. Not only that, but revelation knowledge concerning the will of God for your life, even to the minutest detail. You would know you would not walk in darkness. And this is one of the evidence of a repentant person. The first thing that happens is he's fully awake to God. His spiritual senses are revived. He is able to hear, not with this, but with his ear. He hears the voice of the Lord. My sheep hear my voice. And they know me, and I know them. When you are awakened, when your spiritual senses are awakened, you are able to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd in every detail. And then he says, blessed are your eyes, for they see. So when you are wide awake and awakened by the Lord, because you've taken the time to prepare by fanning the flame of God's gift within you through prayer, through the study of the word, through fasting, you are awakened. You are able to hear, you are able to see in the spirit visions and dreams. It is prophesied in Acts chapter 2 that in the last day, saith the Lord. What is he going to do? I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And that includes you and me. And then what's going to happen when the spirit of God comes upon me? He says, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. When was the last time you prophesied? Hmm? To the church. That's for you this promise. But that promise is not going to fall on you. Just like ripe cherries off of the tree. Because God promised it to you. You're going to have to hunger for it. You're going to have to thirst for it. You're going to have to seek God with all of your heart. So that you may find. And experience that promise. Your young men will see visions. How many visions have you guys seen. In the last days. Or in the last two three weeks. Your old man will dream dreams. Come on, uh, Hayden. We are classified in that age. Dreams, 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 dreams that are given by the Spirit. Dreams showing us things to come. Dreams showing us what belongs to us. Dreams showing us what's wrong with us so that we can correct it. I'm talking about supernatural knowledge. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words of prophecy. The Bible says, he who prophesies edifies the church. And upon my manservants and maidservants, I will pour out of my spirit and they shall prophesy. 
Where are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Why don't we experience these gifts today? I don't know about others, but here in our group of people that I walk with, hardly there are any words of prophecy, wisdom, knowledge, discernment, gifts of healings. Why? Because the spiritual man is asleep. And the sooner we realize it, it is for the benefit of us and the so many people that God is looking to us to minister to them. You may be standing in a queue in the supermarket and all of a sudden, if your spirit is wide awake and open to the Lord, he'll give you a word of knowledge for the person in front of you. You share that word of knowledge and the person falls down and weeps and says, how did you know? Folks, these are the days God is is moving and these are the days that these things are happening. So if it's not happening to us, then it's The problem is not with God. The problem is with us. (coughs) Why? Because we think we are in no need of repentance. We think that we are okay. You see, we are satisfied with what we have. Let's face it. We're not hungry for God like we should be. And God is stirring us, is stirring us. One of the things that God is restoring to me in the last three, four weeks is the prophetic voice that he has given me the day I was born again. And I have terribly neglected that. And I have repented before God and I've cried before him. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. I've given more emphasis to teaching line upon line with notes. I've given more emphasis to pastoring and shepherding. And I have neglected the primary gift that God has blessed me with. And that is a prophetic ministry to the church. My primary gift is to bring an awakening and a revival to God's church. And I have neglected that. And I've repented before God. And I am believing that God will restore to me the years. The years which I have lost. And the time that I have lost. Because I did not exercise that gift. And I wasn't even aware of it, folks. I wasn't even aware of it until the light of God's Holy Spirit shone on my heart and I saw it. And you know what? I've also realized this. If you are not where you're supposed to be, and if you're not doing what God has called you to do, you leave an open door for the enemy. I have a suspicion. It's not confirmed. That this attack on my eye, I have left a window or a door open somewhere that the enemy found entrance. Could it be because I've neglected the primary gift that God has blessed me with? And one other thing that the Lord said to me, he said, yes, through your teaching, you've blessed many. You've encouraged them. You've blessed them. They received the blessing, but you have not awakened them. And I'm here to bring an awakening where our hearts would be so on fire for God, our spiritual senses would be so alive unto God that we will not miss the slightest whisper. We will catch every prompt of the Spirit and we will run in the direction the Spirit of God leads us. And then we're going to see this wonderful
fulfillment of what is prophesied here in Isaiah 60. He says, For behold, the darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Look around you, what's happening around the world. The darkness is getting darker and darker. The people are getting more evil and evil. For in the last days, Paul said to Timothy, perilous or dangerous times will come. Why? Because sin will abound. Men will become more selfish. They will become lovers of money rather than lovers of God. Proud, arrogant, unthankful. You read the list. It goes on. Why? Because people are getting deeper and deeper into a lifestyle of arrogance. They don't care about God. They don't believe in God. They will do as they feel they will do. If it feels good, do it. Look what's happening in the United States with the gender situation. They have lost their mind completely. Completely they've lost it altogether. If America does not repent, you're going to see some judgments that we have never seen before. The way they're going. They're not just the United States. We are not far behind. And here it says, even though this darkness will cover the earth, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to those who are revived, to those who have arisen, to those who have been awakened by the Spirit of God and are standing before God and are open towards the Spirit and are moving in the power of the Spirit. They have rejected the natural mind. They stepped out of the natural into that realm of glory where God moves and where God works and we see the, the, the hand, the tangible presence of God. He says, upon you, the Lord will arise. His glory shall be seen. In fact, those who are spiritually awakened will move from one level of glory to another. They will shine so brightly that people will be attracted to them. Look at the next verse. He says, the Gentiles shall come to what? Not to you, to your light. To the light they will see on you, there will be a glory on you that is so evident, it cannot be missed, like a city that is set on a hill. And this reminds me of a vision I had seen years ago. I've never been able to forget it. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again because it goes right here. I was in the United States, in the state of Florida. And I left South Africa going to the United States with many, many questions, but I had no answers. I was disappointed with the church. I was discouraged. We're talking about before you guys have joined years back. And I just, my heart was so heavy. And I said to the Lord, I'm going to shut myself in this bedroom and I'm not going to come out of it unless I hear from you. I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, I'm going to seek your face until those questions are answered. Why? There's nothing wrong to ask why. Disciples asked why. And Jesus was so straightforward with him. When he said, why couldn't we cast this demon? You've given us the authority, you've given us the power, and we've tried, but we failed. Why? Remember what Jesus said to them? Because of your unbelief. And this kind... 
This is talking about the unbelief. The stronghold of unbelief does not come out except with prayer and fasting. So I've been asking the Lord why. For two days, heaven was like brass. I never heard a word. Nothing. Silence. Complete. I repented of every sin I could think of. I asked the Lord to forgive me for anything that came to mind. And for two days, absolute silence. On the break of the third day, early in the morning, all of a sudden, the presence of God filled the room. And I was taken up in the spirit. And I was transported from the United States in the spirit to Platycliffe, where my house is. I was standing above it and I could see the entire neighborhood. The only house that had a light in was my house. Every other house in the neighborhood was completely in darkness. But the house that was in, the light that was in my house was very dim. It wasn't bright enough. And that light was sufficient, the Lord said to me, to preserve me, to protect me. And to provide for me. But that's all it could do. Because it wasn't bright enough. And so. The next thing that happens. A light. A beam of light from heaven. Struck the house. And it began to get brighter. And brighter. And brighter the light that was in the house. And I thought to myself. What is going on in that house? I stepped into the house in the spirit. I saw myself on the floor. My head between my knees, crying out to God for mercy. And then I heard in the spirit, the son talking to the father, saying, Father, look how your son Andrea has humbled himself. Grant him your mercy, I pray. And then the brightness became a hundred times brighter than what it was. And then I saw crowds of people streaming to come to my house. And I, at the steps, I met one of them. Now all these things are taking place in the spirit. I'm talking about visions. When the spirit comes upon you, you're going to see visions. You're going to have dreams. You're going to receive prophetic utterances. And he said to me, Someone told me to come to this house. My son is dying. Would you come to heal him? And I remembered Isaiah chapter 60. What I've read to you. And the vision stopped. It ended. God was showing me a prophetic picture. Of what would take place. If I would humble myself before God. Cry out to him for mercy and go through the experience of repentance. Well, it's been quite a few years. But I do believe what's taking place right now in my heart is what God has shown me years back. And I want to communicate that. That's why I'm preaching the way I am. No notes. Just standing before you after I prepare my heart. This morning I was awakened at 3.30 in the morning. And I have been praying in the spirit until the time 
I got into the car to come and pick up Stephen and come here. And I believe God requires that of me. I don't know what he's going to tell you, but that's between you and God. But you cannot remain content and satisfied with what you have experienced so far. God has got much more for you, much more. Your natural mind has not even began to fathom nor understand the wonderful things that God has prepared for you down the road. And you're going to miss it if you are not prepared, if you do not enter or engage God in such a way where you allow him to prepare you for what is next. He says, the Gentiles will come to your light, kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes. Another thing that takes place when you are spiritually awakened and revived, God restores your prophetic vision. You know what is prophetic vision? Is a revelation of what God wants you to do and how he wants you to do it. He says, when you lift up your eyes all around, you will see. You're going to see things in the spirit you never saw before. That's what the fresh anointing does. It opens your spiritual eyes to see things in the spirit that are relating to you or to the people you're praying for or to your loved ones or to your destiny. And then he says, you will see all around. They all gather together. They come to you. Things are going to be attracted by you without even you trying. You like a magnet that walks around and attracts the blessings of God. They will come to you. Everything you need, it will come to you. How it's going to come, only God knows. All you need to do is just walk in the center of God's will. The young man, you've been waiting, he will come to you. He will come to you. He will come to you. That young lady, he will come to you. Everything that you need will come to you. Jesus said, all that the Father has given unto me shall come to me. He never looked for anything. They all came. He was like a magnet walking around. And the people just flocked. Why? Because of the glory that was upon him. And that's not just for him. We are the body of Christ. We have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. We are, the Bible says, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And here, your sons will come from afar. Your, your daughters shall be nursed at your side. You're going to give birth or you're going to help bring others into the kingdom of God. Even though you're young in the Lord, you will have people and you will be discipling them. Amen. Not waiting to be fathered. You will father them. You will mother them. Because they don't know anything. When you are spiritually awakened. And then further on it says. Then you shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. And the wealth of the nations shall come to you. It's talking to the church. Who has arisen. Who has been revived. Who has been awakened. Isaiah 52 cries out. Awake. Awake. 
and put on your strength, O Zion, speaking to the church. And as I said the other day, one of the first things that takes place when you are spiritually awakened, there is a fortitude, there is a spiritual power that your spirit is endured with, that you are able not only to resist whatever the enemy throws against you or even overcome it because there is spiritual strength within you. Your life is in the spirit. It's not in the flesh. What gives life, what gives health, what gives vitality, what gives energy to your physical body is your spiritual man. And that is the man God is after to awaken him and to set him on fire. And the work of preparation must be done. Without it, we cannot enter the glorious days that the Bible speaks about. I trust that I've been able to communicate to you that which I believe wants us to hear today. I've given you the biblical definition of the word repentance. And I believe God is making clear to the church today what he's looking for. The question is, how are we going to respond to this prophetic word that God is giving us today? Will we continue to live life as we have done in the past? Or are we going to draw near to God and engage with him in a more fervent way, in a more practical way, and in a more um, meaningful way? The word of God says in Jeremiah 29, and you shall seek me and find me when? When you seek me with all of your heart. All of your heart. The word of God says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 6 that God rewards those who diligently seek him. Look up the word diligent and find out, find the definition of the word diligent. Understand what God means when he says, when you seek me with all of your heart. Lord, is there a part of me that is not seeking you? Have I have any hidden idols in my heart that I'm not aware of? Is anything more important to me than you are? Am I depending on something or someone far more than I'm depending on you? And one of the prayers that I'm praying often is Psalm 139 that says, verse 23, I think, search me, O God, and know my heart. I don't know my heart, but God does. I, think, I may think I know, but I don't. Try me and know my thoughts. What are the thoughts that my mind is dwelling on all day long? Where do my thoughts gravitate? On you, on your word, or on earthly pleasures, or on comfort, or on compromise? Try me and know my thoughts, and see, Lord, if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 19 says, Who can understand his errors? And then he goes on to say, deliver me from hidden and secret faults. And do not let, he says, the sin of presumption take hold of me. Then I shall be perfect before you. 
Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There is a purity that comes on, in your inward man when you are spiritually awakened that repels every form of compromise. You get to a place where you do not only love the Lord, but hate sin. These are some of the evidence of a soul that's been awakened. You hate sin with perfect hatred. You see, God promised to deliver you from your enemies, not from your friends. If you love what you're doing, and you know it's wrong, God's going to let you stay in it. But when you develop a hatred for sin, God will deliver you from it. I've learned that through the years. He said, he will deliver me from my enemies. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in our midst, in our day. We thank you that you are hard at work within your house, bringing an awakening, breathing upon your church a fresh breath. A wind of the Spirit is coming, and Lord, you're asking us to raise the sails to be ready, to prepare, to step into that realm of glory where things are happening right now. Supernatural things, events, miracles, signs, wonders. We don't want to stay out of it. We don't want to sit in a corner somewhere hiding in the shadows. We want to step out of our natural mind onto the glorious realm and experience your tangible presence. Help us to prepare. Help us to draw near so that you may draw near to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at Alpha Omega INT dot org dot z a